Another big-time trade for a starting quarterback in the NFL, Carson Wentz on the move from Indianapolis to Washington. What does that mean? What is the next move for the Indianapolis Colts? And Matt Williamson's top five defensive tackles in the NFL draft coming up right now. You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson with you at TV Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day Matt another day and another big story another big quarterback trade we're we're trying to get into and finish our combine coverage and get into the defensive side of the ball so we will get to defensive linemen from the combine how that might have affected Matt Williamson's NFL draft top five rankings for those D linemen then we'll move on to linebackers and uh and defensive backs here as we continue the week on Peacock and Williamson, as long as there's no more massive trades going yeah, down in the NFL. Anything. Yeah. And I think there will be. There's a very good chance there's going to be more trades before we reconvene. And who knows, maybe by the end of this podcast, we'll hear something about the Indianapolis Colts, who now have a quarterback vacancy because they sent their guy, Carson Wentz, to the Washington Commanders. I didn't quite see that one coming, and I didn't quite see the value with Wentz because there was talk that maybe they just were done with Wentz and didn't like him and wanted him out and, and might even cut him. They got a nice little haul, I think, from Washington for Carson Wentz. Yeah, let's start with what I you know what we think of Wentz as a player. I mean, I'll be honest. I mean, people that listened one year ago, I was on the Wentz and Darnold bandwagon. I thought those were good risks to take after knowing what we knew about both players and their abilities. And I've been a Wentz supporter for some time. I will say, if we're just going to be flat out analytically honest here, you have to remember there's a couple things about Wentz this year that you can't overlook. First of all, he began the season with two beat up ankles. Do we remember that? Remember when he hurt both ankles like in the same hour or something crazy like that? Yeah, thus so, conditions in the contract too, because there's a, a long injury history there. Yeah, oh yeah, right, exactly. And you know, the, when it came out, we thought Wentz was going to miss significant time, months. So at the beginning of his Colts career, he really didn't practice hardly at all going into the season and then played on two bad ankles. Okay. You know, I mean, uh, I can only analyze what he did on the tape. Um, I thought he was fine and slightly underrated for uh, 80% of the season, something like that. Like even like his pro football focus numbers were pretty good and that he wasn't putting the ball in harm's way um, his big time throws were pretty good and they didn't ask him to do a lot. And we all understand that Jonathan Taylor is the backbone of that offense and he had a good line. He was a good situation. And in the Eagles time, he, he dealt with unprecedented number of offensive line injuries. So just, these are just facts. I'm not defending the guy. Then he gets COVID and I know the whole COVID thing with him is a big deal because he's unvaccinated and that's to wear a mask all the time. And that makes people crazy. But he really played poorly after getting COVID late in the year. And I don't know what week that was, but it was late. I'm not a doctor, but I can certainly say maybe that contributed to his poor play. And, of course, they lose as, like, two touchdown favorites against the Jags and don't go to the playoffs and the Steelers get it instead. So he's enemy number one. And I get that. I still think he's 
17th best quarterback, something like that. I didn't come up with 16 names, but he's in that neighborhood. I mean, he's a little below average, but I also think we've seen enough of his career that he does get hurt. He does miss time. And he was better about it this year with Reich in a better situation, but there's always a couple mistakes that just don't really make any sense. It's yeah. And, and it just sounds like the personality, the, 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 the locker room yeah. leadership is something that they were completely out on and they wanted him out of the building. And um, yeah. maybe they might end up paying a premium to stay in the same tier of quarterback, right? But in the end, I think they'll look at that as a win, potentially. And uh, <laughs> the story I read that Frank Reich went as far as to apologize to Jim Irsay. Like, like mm-hmm. maybe he got a different guy than he thought he had coached earlier on in his career in Philly. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's what happened, to be very honest. And it felt like he just had to go. What, a couple of weeks ago, it was Schefter or Rappaport or one of those guys saying, Wentz is going to get traded or cut. So... Obviously, they lost the deal with the Eagles. They gave up too much, and the results weren't good enough. And now he's on his third team. But back to your point, if there was potential for him to get cut, and you got two-thirds back, Andrew, the key here is you're not paying him a dollar. You know, they picked up his entire salary. So now, all of a sudden, the the Colts have like 70-some million to spend, and they picked up a couple draft picks. I know they don't have a first, but... If he had to go, I think they got a lot in return. I think they really did. And apparently the offer was a fourth and a sixth originally from Washington. And Chris Ballard was able to get that up from a fourth and a sixth to a third this year, a third next year that could become, or it's actually a second that can become a third if Wentz isn't active for 75% of the games or something like that. Um, And then... It's I can't remember exactly what the condition was. Seventy uh, starting seventy five percent of the game, seventy five percent of the snaps, something like that. So uh, anyway, I think uh, it was percentage of snaps, just like yeah. the Eagles Colts so, trade. Is that what the Eagles Colts trade was? There was two stipulations for Eagles Colts. Was you get a first round pick if he either leads you if the Colts go to the playoffs. Doesn't matter how they get there if he plays one snap or every snap, or if he played 70 percent of the snaps, which he hit. So they're just trying to guarantee that they weren't going to give up too high of a pick in that round. It would be a you know a late one or an early two type of type of deal because if you don't go to the playoffs, you're yeah, drafting higher, right, right, so right. you're not giving up a high first round pick even if he plays all those snaps. Um, so it was worst case scenario for the Colts though because right. they didn't make the playoffs and still gave up the first, which yeah. was not in the playoff range. Right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> so the the worst of all of it happened for right. the Colts, um, and they're. Uh, um, I don't even remember where I was going with this, but yeah, the the it Pick seems, t- either team. Let's talk about what they. Well, it seems like a, it is. It's a big win for the Colts for what they were able to give. Them. I think that, so. that was yeah. uh, that was the point there. Um, and to be Just able to that get a, trade, not the whole Wentz experience. How about but this the trade they made yesterday was a win. Yes, absolutely. And oh yeah, and the 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 Wentz part was a loss, but able to get out of it and get something back was a win. It's like selling a, a lemon exactly. of a used car and getting a nice return on it. Hundred percent. And now they have all this cap space, but they don't have a first round pick. The the crazy part of that though, what was like. Great job by Chris Ballard to go from an offer that was a fourth and a sixth to a third this year, a, a third that could become a second next year, and then they swapped second round picks this year, and it's only five spots. They went from forty seven to forty two, like really twisting their arm to get uh, Carson Wentz. And I think knowing that Carson Wentz was the only option 
for a veteran quarterback for Washington because it sounds like maybe some other quarterbacks, including one of the quarterbacks that could end up in Indianapolis now that's on the trade market, uh, didn't want to go to Washington. And so, uh, mm-hmm. and Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks weren't willing to trade with Washington too. So really uh, held uh, Ron Rivera and Martin Mayhew's hand to the fire a little bit, did Chris Ballard, I think. First off, uh, the swap in the second round reminds me of the conversation we had yesterday about the exactly. Wilson trade. Yeah, where you leave the Lamborghini dealership, like, hey, throw in that T-shirt or <laughs> give me the, that 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 keychain, and we'll we'll make it a deal. Like yeah. uh, that really was a sticking point. I, I found that funny as well. Right. It's like uh, we really think, need that. We need we need two hundred more points of draft chart value here. Where are we going to get? Right. It? We'll just swap these picks. Um, I think Washington is clearly. Not a team, team, you know, quarterbacks are excited to go for. You know, like it sounds like they've called everyone on the planet and they kind of settled on Wentz and probably overpaid for him. I do think it makes them a better team than they were a year ago. I also think you can have the conversation, though, was last year Wentz noticeably better than last year Heineke? I mean, I'd rather have Wentz on game day, mm-hmm. he has more upside but I don't know that he had a way better year than Heineke. Yeah, how much is the upgrade? And we've talked about this You're a lot right, with right. the trade market for veteran quarterbacks with uh, with your Steelers. What's you know what's the big difference between trading a bunch for a guy and just signing Winston uh, or yeah, signing right. Mariota, right? And then going into the and draft. a left tackle, right? You know exactly. So um, so what's where's this leave the Colts? That's where we have to go next. With I this. think that's the best conversation. The Indianapolis Colts now have an obvious vacancy at quarterback. They are a good enough team to win, and I'm sure they want to win. So where do they go next? It's that time of year again. College basketball's tournament is finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, Bet Online is the number one source for all your betting needs and. Information. Bet online remains the best spot for all your sports scores, even podcasts and news for the 2022 season. The tournament is so much fun to wager on, but there's also pro basketball. Bet online is also your source for football betting. Yeah, you can still bet on draft props and Super Bowl futures at Bet Online. Uh, not only football and basketball. But hockey and boxing and UFC and including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. So head over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action at Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, Matt, you put your your Chris Ballard cap on. Where where are the Indianapolis Colts going here? And I just had a conversation with Evan Sidery of Locked On Colts. You guys can go check it out. It's really fun talking about what's next for the Colts. And, and he wanted to know more about Jimmy Garoppolo because he thinks Jimmy Garoppolo is probably the leading candidate to become the quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts. And if you read the tea leaves, it does seem like that is definitely one of their options. Maybe it's their option A at this point. But to me, it's strange that you would be paying a premium after already giving up everything you did for Wentz to really stay in the same tier of quarterback. Now, you can argue that Wentz is higher than Jimmy or Jimmy is higher than Wentz, but I think they're in the same tier of NFL quarterback, right? From that 15 to 20 range, they're NFL starters, but the teams that have had them are trying to look to upgrade. Yeah, same tier. Um, I would take my chances, especially with that team and that O-line and Jonathan Taylor and a good defense, with Jimmy over Wentz, though. You know, you, you, I think you agree with that, right? Yes, and I think the clear thing, and if, if, if that ends up happening, if the Colts go to 
Jimmy Garoppolo. And it might be based because I had projected that Jimmy was going to go to Washington. And I basically projected the same trade of Washington giving up what they gave up for Wentz. So, I mean, right. the Colts could just next. flip the exact same trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. And I think it would make a lot of sense trade value wise. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if the 49ers are asking even maybe for a little bit more. I don't know if they'll get that. Are they going to try to get that conditional one that the um, that Philly got for Wentz last year? They're probably asking for that. I don't know if they'll get it. But when it comes to going from Carson Wentz to Jimmy Garoppolo, they are in the same tier. So you must really not like the guy you had or really just love the the differences in the two quarterbacks. And they are very different. And to me, it would they all are. come down to leadership. You're just saying, look, everyone loves Jimmy. This guy has won. He's gone to the Super Bowl. He's gone to the NFC Championship game. And maybe he doesn't drive the ball down the field as well. But we know he's going to go to the line of scrimmage, get us in the right play. Maybe if that's even a run play instead of a pass play that he gets us into – and he can facilitate the playmakers we have on offense, and he is a really good leader in the locker room. We want that guy over the other guy that is just going to you know, throw YOLO balls, and we don't know what's going to happen every day. I 100% see all that, and I'd also say Jimmy off the Jonathan Taylor play action opportunities you know, could be quite good to maybe get him one more option. But I kind of like what you said was I'm sitting here thinking – and your Niner buddies will like this, you know, that, well, why isn't Jimmy worth more than Wentz then? You know, like, I thought the Niners at most would get what Washington just paid for Wentz. And I think you're a little optimistic and slightly biased, as I am with the black and gold with such (laughs) things. Come on. So deep down, I didn't think they'd get quite that, you know. But if you're going to give, if you're going to ask for that for Wentz, I'm going to ask a little more for Jimmy. Right, because clearly you wanted to go from Wentz to Jimmy. You see an upgrade there, so you got to pay for the upgrade. Right. We all think he's better than the guy you just traded. I mean, isn't that what we're all agreeing on here? I mean, it's hard to... Uh, play coy about right, that and even if you Colts. take if you take our opinions out of it, Matt, that's what these right. teams are telling us. If the Colts exactly. are now going to try to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo, yes, one hundred percent. Okay, let's take Jimmy out of the equation. They do have. I'd have to double check this, but I assume they have now a second and two thirds. I guess they could trade up for Ritter or How. You know, at the thirty fifth pick, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. But for this team, I don't think that's the move. Yeah, it does feel you know, like, like and, and Evan from Locked on Colts said the same thing. Like, th- this team is trying to win right now, and maybe a quarterback could be part of the equation. You could still trade for Jimmy Garoppolo, especially if the main piece is a future pick, and still trade mm-hmm. and still draft a quarterback in the second round. Hell, the Niners moved up and got one uh, in, a, in the top three last year. So you can still draft a quarterback with pick 42 that they just got, or maybe put yourself in position to get a quarterback, and you've got a lot of day two picks. You can do a lot of that, and you can absorb Jimmy Garoppolo's salary. Jimmy makes less this year than Carson Wentz made, so you don't even have to do right, a restructure to bring yeah. in Jimmy Garoppolo. So a lot of that kind of stuff makes sense. You know what's funny, though, is, you have a ton of cap space. is the negatives of Jimmy Garoppolo are kind of mirror some of the negatives with Wentz, even though it's a it's they look different when it happens. But he throws too many interceptions, the big turnover, yeah. Yeah, and, and but hit that for Jimmy, it's trying to force the ball in the middle of the field rather than mm-hmm. uh, you know trying to hit a really tight window rather than um or like you know or not seeing a linebacker or, or whatever, right? Or something. Rather yeah, than right. just trying to you know chuck a yellow ball and injury histories, which they both have, which is why I think it'll be another conditional pick for Jimmy Garoppolo. So um, that they, they might be like some some Colts fans might be frustrated. Because there's still an injury issue and too many interceptions, potentially. Right. It might be more of the same, slightly better, slightly worse, probably better. Um, However, 
how about, you know, this is sort of in line with the Hal Ritter conversation. I bet you could get Jordan Love for that third. I just saw this come down my timeline on Twitter right as we started recording, and it was from Dan Orlovsky. He said, three drafts ago, Green Bay went up to number 26 to draft Jordan Love. They jumped ahead of these five teams. The Seattle Seahawks, who now suddenly need a quarterback. Okay, didn't then. Tennessee Titans, Minnesota Vikings, Indianapolis Colts, and Detroit Lions. So three of those five teams need a quarterback. If Kirk Cousins gets traded, then four of those five teams need a quarterback. And were the Colts or were the Packers specifically jumping up to get in front of a team they expected to draft Jordan Love like in love. that group that really loved him? And I wonder if Seattle really loved him in, in their evaluations. Um, and or and Indy, who, or that's the one I'm getting at. Yeah, Indianapolis. Yeah, yeah. So Jordan Love in Indy, I could see that. I could see that being a. a a place that Indianapolis could talk themselves into a player that they don't have to do the entire bit of development and they don't have to give up a first round pick for, but has some upside still and a player that they liked not that long ago in the draft. Right. I think you could send that third rounder. You just got send it to green Bay for love. I think both teams say yes to that. Yep. I love and it. doesn't hurt your cap at all. You still have decent draft capital minus a first round pick, but you could sign Teron Armstead. I mean, you can sign anybody you want. You can sign Armstead and Allen Robinson. And all of a sudden, Jordan Love's job is a little easier. You know, too. I mean, you still are at the top of the league with cap space and stuff like that, too. So their cap space also brings up two other names I want to throw your way. Kirk Cousins and Matt Ryan. Mm-hmm. If you told those teams, we'll eat the whole deal. And again, I'm not a capologist. I don't know exactly how that goes. I bet you could get either one for cheap if you could get those guys off the books. I think Matt Ryan has dead dead money, but I think Cousins is just a big contract that if you trade for it, you eat it. And maybe the Vikes would say, we'd rather have the cap space than Kirk. I can see that. And I think Indianapolis has to consider all of these options. And all, of, mm-hmm. all four of the quarterbacks we've talked about so far make sense. Um, and you and they're the Colts really are at an advantage here with all that cap space because they can make deals that other teams it's more difficult to make and they can just make the trade first and then say, yeah, we'll worry about restructuring Matt Ryan later, but let's get the trade done because we can can absorb absorb it. We can absorb this today and still go sign another free agent tomorrow while we talk about this restructure during the offseason. Right. So again, that's one, that's really the, to me, the beauty of the Wentz trade. They had cap space to begin with. Now they have loads of it. And Oh, by the way, they threw in some picks for you too. So despite not having a first round pick, they certainly have resources. You know, I mean, they, they can absorb some things other teams can't. They still need to keep some of their draft picks too, to make some moves and, and improve their team, but they can do a lot in free agency. So it's going to be a really fun off season for the Colts. And uh, Chris Ballard, I think it uh, was a big winner. I think that's what we're talking about right now yeah. with uh, maybe uh, and I feel like Ursay and Ballard were somewhat frustrated with what they got in Wentz, and that was obviously driven by Frank Reich. Um, and the fact that they got out from it, got out the whole contract done, and potentially you know a future second, even though they gave up a future first, that doesn't look terrible if they get it right now. But they got to mm-hmm. get it right now at quarterback, and so um, yeah, I think they can negotiate from a, a point of strength with the salary cap stuff, and they can absorb Jimmy's contract. They can absorb Kirk Cousins' contract. They can absorb Matt Ryan's contract, and that means they're a major player, and I wouldn't be shocked to hear something happening in the next 
hour because usually these right, things right, happen right, right after week. we're done recording. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's when it will happen because today's been a little quiet by, by this week's standards. Um, okay, so when they made the Wentz trade, I immediately said, wow, the Colts are in the worst quarterback situation in the league. That's just my knee-jerk reaction. Like, that's great that they got that much, but what are they going to do now? So we, we just went through all that, and it sounds much rosier than my knee-jerk reaction. Wow. Are you, does that make, are you out on does, Sam Ellinger? I'm out on Sam okay. Ellinger, yes. <laughs> okay. But does that even make the Colts a contender in the AFC? If all those quarterbacks we just talked about in the last 10 minutes, you can add any one of them. Are they a contender with Kirk Cousins or Jimmy or Ryan? Yes. I don't know that you're much better. I think you are, but I don't know that you're much better. They were already a contender. If they finish strong, they're a playoff team, right? So, uh, and maybe there's some hidden, you know, just just going back to the Jimmy conversation. Like, yeah, why is Jimmy's record so good as an NFL starter, right? Like, is it just, is he getting in the right play at the line of scrimmage, getting the ball out in two and a half seconds, doing some of the small things? If they just get a quarterback that that can do some of the little things, uh, you know, we've mm-hmm. seen how good of a quarterback, and he might not be a superstar at this point in his career, but Matt Ryan, he can win right. you football games. He, he's a competent quarterback, and, and I think he's a better quarterback than, than Carson. He's the best quarterback available if they can go get him. I don't know how much he's got left. I don't know if, you know, there's a precipitous drop-off happening in his career sometime soon. Um, or, or it's already begun, but th- yeah, that, that division is not tough. They're, they're, they're probably second in the division, no matter what they do at quarterback and potentially they can not go with Ellinger, but with a pro quarterback. with a, yeah, with a legitimate yeah, right, starting right, right. quarterback. Well, they're still probably second. I mean, the division's so bad, <laughs> right? <laughs> and they can get even better because they have all that cap space and they do have a lot of draft picks too. So they'll be adding a bunch of second day selections, even if they, uh, trade for somebody probably, cause they'll probably spread those, that, that, whatever compensation they give a team, they'll probably spread it out over a couple of drafts. Yeah. And there's a lot of teams where I think you don't want that tier of quarterback we're discussing, but I think they could pull it off with a, a left tackle that you sign in free agency and a receiver. Like that'd be a pretty good offense. Right. Yeah. Put it this way. Colts were nine and eight last year. They, they, they wouldn't be worse than they were last year with any of those quarterbacks. And potentially they're one game better, which gets them in the playoffs. Potentially they're two games. Right. Better. Right. 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 So yeah. Absolutely, they're a contender. Go to Buffalo and run the ball like crazy and beat the Bills, you know? Yep, absolutely. Yeah, and they've got that recipe. They've they've got the recipe that the 49ers had when they went to the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, run the ball, good offensive line, play some defense, get the ball out of your hands quick, let your playmakers be playmakers, and go win some close games. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for them, I don't mind the the middle-of-the-road quarterback as much as I do some other teams. It makes sense, and they need a change clearly, and they're good enough to win now, and I think that's where they are, so I don't think going into the draft is option A, but they could accompany any of those quarterbacks with a draft pick too in the second round with that shiny new pick at number 42 and I think there's going to be a Desmond Ritter there for him if they want to as pick 42 that's funny that's actually the last thing I was going to say is you could still get Ritter how or love yes oh yeah absolutely in addition to Jimmy or who you could do both you know? yeah what if they decide to go okay well look let's go get a veteran and go get Jordan Love and right and you know still have maybe a third round pick to play with in this draft yeah, a and sign a left tackle and right. a wide receiver too, you know, because we'll just we'll just fill our holes in free agency. I like it. Okay, Colts in an okay spot right now. I think they were big winners in that trade, yeah. being able to to move the entire salary of Wentz and uh, get some some solid return in the trade market, and which means Washington was kind of a, a loser on the day, although they got better because they needed to find They're a better. quarterback, and they might not have had very many options of, of teams that were willing to deal with them, right? 
Yeah, and, and I think what's interesting, too, for Washington is, what do they pick, 11, I think, yeah. maybe 10, wherever that is. They don't want to spend that on a quarterback. I think that's what teams are telling us right now, right? I think that's what they're telling us, and I also think, yes, they have needs. They're far from a perfect team, but they could probably basically take best player available. You know, they could take Garrett Wilson, or they could take the best defensive player or defensive back on the board, or best offensive lineman, like, that's kind of going to be a luxury pick, I think, for them in a way now. Very interesting stuff. More, but they're hoping to win ten games. <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know, what I mean, I mean like right. their ceiling is still very low. Yes, they're kind of the the NFC version of where the Colts are now, right? Or maybe where the Colts were last year. I think that I think they'd want to be. Yes, but Washington fan base would probably be pretty happy with mediocrity over what they've seen the last decade. What what the Colts were with Wentz last year would be a two-game improvement over what Washington was last year with Heineke. Is that right. enough, is that right, enough right. for a, a third and a, a couple of thirds, maybe? Maybe. Yeah. I, I don't love it for Washington, yeah, but they're I don't better. Either. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. hard to talk me into that one. But right, uh, we got to right. move on. Let's talk defensive linemen here. Get back into the combine okay. conversation. Matt Williamson's top five defensive linemen in the NFL draft next. All right, Matt Williamson's top five defensive tackles for the NFL draft, and it starts... Uh, uh, I know who your defensive tackle one is. I, I know we're going to count them up from five to yeah, one, right, but right, right. I want to I talk about the combine for a second here. And uh, there was a really good story I heard from Lance Zerline, who covers the NFL draft for NFL.com. And basically, th- I mean, there was so much speed on display. Records breaking every day at the combine with the 40-yard dash times. And wide receivers ran. It's like, okay, wide receivers are going to be fast. They, they, you know, breaking records, all these crazy times. And then the offensive linemen was like, okay, wait a second. How are all these offensive linemen breaking five seconds? Usually there's only two or three every year. There was, you know, a half, a half dozen uh, or a dozen that were that were right at five or under five or you know, some of them under four, nine, three, which is a crazy fast time. Um, and then the next day, when Jordan Davis ran a four seven eight, Lance was like, "No, hold on, no, 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 no." And he started calling people. He's like, "What's yeah, going yeah, on yeah. here?" He started calling teams. Like, "What does it say on your watch with all these guys?" And they're like, "Yeah, they were they were all right in that the same uh, same time." So it wasn't mm-hmm. like the times were off. So then he he talked to his folks with the Colts. He says, "What's going on here with the turf? Is this like a crazy fast turf?" And it turns out the Colts did change their turf in 2020 there was no combine last year this is the first combine on the new turf those guys were blazing this has got to be the fastest surface out there right now and I think it's it's really helping these guys run faster times and I think a lot of the prospects that did not run are going to regret it because I think yeah and it's always been a pretty fast turf in Indy and if it's even faster than it was that's the fastest 40 time you're going to have it's going to be better than your pro day and it's going to look better for scouts because it's going to be laser timed and it's going to be you're going to be able to compare it to everybody else's times right so Jordan Davis running a 478 was legit but maybe helped a little bit by that fast turf but no matter what even if you add 0.05 to all these times what Jordan Davis did at six foot six 360 pounds I mean that's crazy I, I did hear all that about the turf. I'm glad we told our listeners about that because I think it's relevant for sure. It is a fast track. I think we can go go off of that for sure. That doesn't mean your verticals and your broads matter at all. I mean, like the, the other numbers are still remarkable. And even if we're talking half a tenth, I mean, if you add 0.5 to all these guys' 40s, it's still mind-boggling, especially for Jordan Davis. Um, my top five list. There's two guys I had a really hard time keeping off there, and that's Fedarian Mathis from Alabama 
and Perry and Winfrey from Oklahoma. I just wanted to get people to know those names. Winfrey really tore up the senior bowl and he's super energetic. He's an exciting player, but they didn't quite crack the top five. Who did crack your top five, Matt? Who's your number five defensive tackle in this draft class? I have questions about this dude. It's the Marvin Leal from Texas A&M. And like when McShay puts out his way too early mock draft the day after the draft, like Leal was like in all those top tens a year ago, you know, before this past season, five-star recruit. I look at him though and think, eh, yeah, he's good. You know, I mean, he's 6'4", 290. He could be the strong side D-end. He could probably play some 3-4 D-end. He certainly bumps inside in passing situations. But I don't see elite burst or get off, and I think he's good, not great. He ran a five flat in the 40-yard dash. That's good. And, you know, yeah, good five. for a big man. Not as good as four seven eight when you're 350 pounds. But, you know, 6'4", and I think he actually weighed in less than his listed weight. Let me double-check on that. Yeah, yeah. he was only 6'4", 283. So now we're getting into defensive end territory with DeMar- right. DeMarvin Leal. Uh, and he's got long arms, so he's got a length profile at 6'4", with 33 and a quarter-inch arms. He could play some some edge, so maybe a little, little tweener-ish. But, you know, the explosive numbers weren't really great with him. Um, you know, 5.0 in the 40, that doesn't scream defensive end either. So, yeah, definitely a tweener vibe with DeMarvin Leal. I'm glad you brought the word tweener up because tweener used to be a very bad word. You know, like my whole life of paying attention to the draft, uh, he's a tweener, that's bad. Then tweener became a good thing because he could do all kinds of things. Isaiah Simmons is a tweener, you know, like vers- they, 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 now they're, they're versatile instead of tweeners. Yeah. And, and, but he might be a bad tweener. Yeah. You can out. get really, you can get into trouble because uh, yeah. when you're versatile, that means you play two positions. Good. When you're a tweener, that means you don't play either position. Well, right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Number four on your defensive tackles list, Matt. I adore this guy, Travis Jones from UConn. If it wasn't for damn Jordan Davis, everyone would be talking about this guy. I mean, he's a little smaller than Davis, slightly less athletic, but destroyed dudes at UConn. UConn didn't even play football the year before as a whole program. Killed dudes at the Senior Bowl. Awesome combine. Same profile as Davis, as these hulking mountains of a man, nose tackle, but modern-day nose tackle that can really run and make plays sideline to sideline. He's great. I mean, I think most years, I think he might be a first round type dude. And when you see when you see three twenty five on the sheet, six four three twenty five, this dude doesn't look sloppy. No, he, he's not quite Aaron Donald out there, but he's really well built. He's thick in the arms. You know, <laughs> yeah. he's uh, he's somewhat trim in the midsection for three hundred and twenty five. You know, thick in the legs all the way down. And when he's moving like that, four nine two in the forty. And uh, 6'4", 325, long arms, big hands. Yeah, I mean, what a great offseason for him. You know, for when, 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 when players go to the Senior Bowl and dominate, then go throw down really good top-of-your-position group times, yeah. you can rocket up draft boards. That's really when you can see some movement with a prospect, and Travis Jones has done exactly that. Yeah, and he hits you with those sledgehammer hands. I mean, boom. I mean, he is a powerful dude. I love him. But he's fourth. Is he uh, is he enough of an every down player at three twenty five? Can you give you some rush? Can can you throw him out there on any down? And I think that's a big question. I think it's a big question with uh, a lot of defensive tackles, Jordan Davis included. How high can he go versus his freakish ability? But he didn't play that many snaps at Georgia, you know. So uh, Travis Jones, every down guy. Um, close. 
I mean, I think on third and eight, he's watching from the sidelines, but he's certainly a pocket pusher. Um, you know, a guy like that, as well as Davis, even on throwing downs, might demand a double team so the other guy gets a sack. You know, I mean, and and he can run. It's not like he's going to chase down Lamar Jackson, but it's not like he has no chance to get a sack against athletic quarterbacks, too. So not a problem. I mean, a developing pass rusher, but that's not his forte. And I would imagine a guy like Liao would come in and replace him on third and long. Logan Hall out of Houston is number three on your defensive tackle big board. Another tweener, but this one I think is in a good way because he is very long. I mean, limbs to, to forever. I mean, he can grab people from across the room, but he's athletic. I think he could be a slightly lesser, lighter version of like a DeForest Buckner type, you know, I mean, with maybe five to 10 more pounds, but even without that, he's a movable chess piece all over the defensive line, uh, can come right off the edge. Really good player. Good athlete. Number two on your defensive tackles list, Matt, is? Well, I want to lump the two Georgia guys together just for one reason, in that when you watch this unbelievable Georgia front front seven, which is ridiculously good, what they're mostly asking their D linemen to do, their 300-pounders, more or less, is just be big and demand double teams, and N'Kobe Dean and you know Tyndall and all those guys will make all the plays because we have three linebackers that will get drafted in the top three rounds, too. And so Wyatt, Devontae Wyatt, he's the not Jordan Davis, Georgia defensive tackle, is more of a three-technique upfield guy. So I think the scheme held him back a little. You know, I mean, he was able to do that some, but they're not going to – he's not a space eater. I mean, he's an upfield penetrating dude. And like Davis, he didn't play every snap. I think he's much more equipped to than Davis, you know. But from what I'm told, and I think his name is Carter, they have a defensive tackle that is better than both these guys that's going back next year. You know, so, <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable, right? Well, you know why Georgia did what they did last year in the college football season? Unbelievable. Right. The top two defensive tackles are both out of the same school playing next to each other, and they got a guy who's better behind them. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. Uh, and speaking of unbelievable, what Jordan Davis did at the Combine, it's scary. You see a guy that big running that fast, you could th- – that's death for some people. If if Jordan Davis at, at yard number 40 ran into a layperson, it would kill them. Right. It would kill them. 6'6", right. 341, uh, long arms, big hands. I mean, he's got everything that you could be looking for in a prospect and then throws down a 378 40-yard dash, which is just crazy at 341 pounds. 32-inch vertical. I mean, there were some wide receivers that didn't jump as well as his jumps either. So that's freakish. Now, he didn't play the amount of snaps and have that kind of career at Georgia. So mm-hmm. maybe even potential to be overdrafted for Jordan Davis. Cause you know, just based on what he maybe. did on the field is he's not necessarily a top 10 guy, but he might get in the top 10 because of just all of his potential. I, I think pro football focus put out something along the lines of he averaged like 25 snaps a game. So that sounds terrible, right? But if they have a guy better than him, that's younger on the team, you know, and how much is Jordan Davis playing in the fourth quarter when Georgia's winning by a hundred, uh, you know, and I, I've been saying this around here. I'm like, if Jordan Davis went to pit, I bet he plays more than 25 snaps a game. 
<laughs> yeah, and I bet his NFL team yeah. is going to want more than 25 snaps per game. So maybe a ton of potential that, that really hasn't uh, been unleashed yet. And, you know, he's being billed as a nose tackle. I, I'm, I'm not drafting a nose tackle in the top half of the first round in this day and age in the NFL. But with that length, I mean, he could play five tech without a problem, I think. And you get oh, yeah, another yeah. 350 guy to play nose tackle next to him. And, and now we're talking because you can take on defensive ends when you have that profile and that length. Yeah, I, I, nose tackle is kind of an odd term now, too. Like, I'm not taking Casey Hampton or Vince Woolfork in the first round anymore right. that makes a play in a phone booth and that's it, and they eat double teams all day long, and then they go home and eat, you know, chickens. And <laughs> But Davis, and you run outside zone, he tracks that thing down and blows people up on the sidelines, you know, from a zero technique spot. Or I think he's more like Haloti Nada or – even Ooh. Vita Bea. Nada to me. Is Nada. I love that comp. Yeah, because yeah, Nada yeah. is a guy that can play nose tackle for you, but you're almost wasting him there because he ended up playing a lot of really big sort of three-tech, five-tech stuff in the NFL. Yeah. I could totally see And he that. was the biggest guy in the field by far at right. that time. Yeah, sometimes know? a littler guy is next to him playing nose tackle. Right. A stouter, you know, you can move him uh, wherever who, he goes. Uh, Kelly Gregg, right? Who was like six feet yep. flat. Wrestler, you know, right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So... You know, Nato could rush the passer, never had to leave the field, disrupted throwing lanes, made plays well outside the box. That's what I think Jordan Davis is. That is a great comp. I love that. I'm going to steal that one from you, Matt. And Haloti yeah, Nada, that, that is a good comp for Jordan Davis. 6'6", 341, 4'7", 8", dash. Wow. Add .05 to that, and it's still freaky. Yeah, uh, and I want him for 40 snaps a game. Yes, and you you don't want to put your guy who's three hundred forty one pounds out there for you know fifty snaps if you're if you're playing some shootout of a game. But you can utilize him when you need to utilize him. How will teams value that? Will he get overdrafted? Will he only become a nose tackle in the NFL? I don't know. That's what teams have to figure out. But he's clearly yeah. you know uh, with that profile, he's clearly the best off defensive tackle in this draft class. There was a series against Bama, or maybe even two, where. They went hurry up and had a really long series, and he was gassed. You know, like, yeah, he's going to get tired. I mean, he, I mean, it looks like he's a superhero, and he's probably pretty close to it. But, I mean, that's your worry. If you can't get him off the field. I don't even know how you came up with five defensive ends with this edge class, Matt. So uh, that might be an entire podcast to itself. Let's talk edge prospects, your top five. I think eight might go in the first round. Oh, no doubt. And then eight more in the second round. Right, right. It's an yeah, unbelievable class. That's I what, mean, that's like a three-show event. There's going to be a crazy edge. run on offensive tackles and edge rushers in this class, especially with what the quarterback class is this year. And I think a lot of teams will <coughs> say, I will, I'm cool with waiting on quarterbacks to go draft one of these edge guys, one of these offensive tackles. And, and I think that's right. why we might see half the draft this year in the first 50 picks be offensive tackles and edge guys practically. So, uh, yeah, let's get to that tomorrow. Matt's top five edge rushers in the 2022 NFL draft. Hopefully. How some of those guys – yeah, well, who knows? Or maybe we'll be talking Hopefully about another – Actually, you know what? I think we need to hold on a second, and let me check. Yeah, double-check Let me check if anything is blowing up right now. Um, okay. Nothing big to report yet. Okay, cool. Okay. So, yeah, no Your trades. boy Jimmy could be on the move, yeah, though. I'm sure it, maybe we'll have to double-dip again tonight if something huge happens. So, uh, yeah, tomorrow, whatever's going on in the league, we will be covering it, and we will also talk edge rushers in the NFL draft. Thanks for making us your first listen. For your second listen, check out Matt doing. Locked on Dynasty Football. Uh, your team is covered. If you're a Niners fan, I'm 
doing Locked On 49ers every day here on the network. Locked On NFL Draft with Eric Crocker and Ryan Tracy coming at you every day. All podcasts are free and available on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Matt and I back tomorrow right here. Peacock and Williamson.